What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is, well, it's Friday. It's Friday. Uh, I'm a little late on this one. Uh, I guess the 22nd, 2017. And you guys listening to episode 324. How the hell are you guys? I am doing this. I had to fly internationally uh, today. So I am at my hotel room in uh, Toronto. That's right. I am in Canada, everybody, in my suite. And I'm not going to lie, this shit is sweet. I am in a, basically like a, it's almost like a converted two-bedroom. I got a sick bathroom with this sick glass shower. Uh, this I'm not going to lie, this shit is on another level. And I'm not saying this to brag, but... Um, this shit is pretty fucking cool. I'm in this hotel room and she was like, oh, you're in a so-and-so suite. And I was like, really? Cause like very, like we always get nice hotel rooms. Don't get me wrong. You know, as a comic, let me move this. I got to make a, move this microphone. Here we go. Uh, as a comic, we get a very nice room. You know, we'll get a, you know, if we're at a nice hotel, we get a very nice room. But when she said, oh, you're in like a suite that connects to this and connects to that. I walked in this room and you walk into basically a living room with like a 50 inch flat screen and couches and food and fucking ottomans and a desk. And then you walk into another room to a king size bed. And then off to the right of that, you got this insane bathroom. So I am sitting in kind of the lap of luxury here in Toronto and I'm pretty fucking excited about it. Uh, You guys know me. I like amenities. I like, I like the extras, um, but, uh, I hope everybody, like I said, I hope everybody had a good time in between shows, I hope everybody's doing well, got a great show for you guys today, um, gonna be talking about some stuff, something is in the air that I wanna talk about, something is happening, and I don't know if it's, you know, you never know, I don't know, I don't know if I believe in the whole stars thing and astrology, I don't know. But I will tell you this, something has happened today that made me feel when these people go, oh, well, you know, the moon needs to move here or this needs to happen here. I've never was really into that. I really was not. But something happened today that made me go, holy shit, something is definitely without a doubt happening. And I will share that with you guys, um, share that with you guys uh, during this show. A lot of cool stuff to talk about. Lot of stuff going uh, going on, and of course we're gonna get to to everything today. So sit back, relax, enjoy TVE installment three, two, four, wherever you may be on the treadmill, in your car, hanging out. All right, sitting in your cubicle, pissed off that you're at work. Uh, I am doing this from the uh, La Germaine Hotel. Everything is a la, La Germaine Hotel in downtown Toronto, and uh, it's great. I love it down here. The only thing that I don't like, or I should say up here, uh, is the fact that, um, you know, you can't smoke cigars basically anywhere because Ontario's got this, like, no smoking tobacco, and then when you're in Montreal, when you're in Quebec, you could fucking, you know do blow, not that I do that, but you can't, like, you could just go anywhere and do anything, 
So um, that's the difference which is going on right now. But uh, let's uh, get into the show. Before we get into the show, I have to shout out the um, the sponsors. The Verzi Effect Podcast is sponsored by Chassis and Chassis for Men Premium Body Powder. You guys know it. You guys heard it. Uh, Chassis. Chassis for Men Body Powder is a premium body powder that has HydroShield technology, so the powder provides all-day protection against sweat, chafing, and odor. Chassis also contains no talc, uh, aluminum, parabens, or menthol. Uh, The powder is a fine, ultra-soft powder that goes a long way. One bottle can get you three to four months, even if you use it every day, guys. Um, I use this product all the time. I use their lotion. I use their uh, shower primer. It's it's an amazing product, and you guys know, a ton of people have been using it and love it. And, uh, you know, I had to fly last night. I'll tell you a story about Chassis. I had to fly last uh, or early today, and last night after the uh, shower, I was like, oh, you know, let me put a little extra. Let's go a little extra because I'm going to be sitting on a plane, and oh, pristine. Everything is pristine. Uh, pristine. Please try Chassis for men and you could buy it at chassisformen.com also amazon.com okay and it is spelled c h a s s i s that is chassisformen.com or amazon you could buy it there please check it out you guys will absolutely love it and you will thank me for sending you their way also city living dog guys city living dog services coach mike check him out check out his facebook live check out his uh, amazing youtube channel all of these great things that he does with these dogs you guys will definitely uh love it and see uh, all the hard work that he's put into it check it out he will help your dog reach out to him tell him the verzi effect sent you city living dog services and guys also all things comedy go to allthingscomedy.com for your favorite and best comedy podcast such as the verzi effect also check out their uh, all things records for your favorite comedy albums where i did my album and they're doing my special which is amazing you could check them out at allthingscomedy.com you will have endless content endless humor and uh, comedy content for podcasts, for albums, all that stuff. And you can follow them on Twitter, at All Things Comedy. All right, guys, let's get into this shit. Let's do it. Uh, I have a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, I got into a big argument. I'm going to get right into it. I got into a big argument with a couple of friends. All right, and we were talking about global warming. All right, now, uh, I can't talk about it. Educatedly, is that even a word? See, I probably fucked that up. You know it's fucked up when you said educatedly, which isn't a word. I can't talk about it intellectually. How about that? Because I don't know. I don't know. Here's what I do know. The climate is changing. Things are happening. Things are getting fucked up. Okay? However, the argument is this. Were things always changing? Have things changed before? Have things gone back and forth? We don't know. Scientists are saying this has never happened before. But here's the argument I got into. I'm not going to sit here and deny that anything's happening with the climate. I'm not. I don't know. Okay? I'm an uninformed fucking comedian who does stand-up. Okay? I tell fucking dick jokes in front of thousands of people. By the way, amazing night tonight. I'll get back to this in a second. Tonight, I I performed at the Sony Center with Bill Burr in front of 3,000 people 
the cool thing was so many of them knew who I was and it was absolutely incredible. We had a great time. Then uh, me and Bill got into it a little bit. We were talking about um, global warming. And this is all I'm going to say, okay? Again, I don't know. You don't know either, okay? So all of you people who have a political stand, this is this is one thing that I want to make clear on the show, okay? If you have a political stance on if you think this is that and it's just by what you're going by on TV, then you don't know either. You could say whatever the fuck you want to say. But when people on both sides are saying something adamantly and you're not involved in it and you just, well, I read this. It doesn't fucking matter. You read what they want you to read. All right. So you don't know. But I will say this. I do think climate change is happening. I do think that, uh, you know, with the overpopulation things, it's, it's not good. I get all that. But here's what I will say as far as the storms. I just want to talk about the fucking storms because everybody goes nuts about the storms, this and that. Now, I looked up the craziest storms in history, the most storms, because, listen, I I have children. I want to see what's going on. I want to make sure we're not all fucked. I want to make sure the apocalypse isn't coming. I want to do all that shit, too, okay? I want to make sure things are okay. So, you know, I just took this approach where I said, let me just look at statistics, and let me just see about the craziest, most dominating hurricanes, tornadoes, earthquakes, biggest storms, biggest disasters. Let's go top 10 in the United States. And what I found was when I did that, and you guys can do it too, uh, with your research. But what I found was that the top 10 biggest storms and the craziest storms all came during hurricane season, which this was, uh, we, uh, hurricane season is, I think it's like you know, like we talked about, I talked about last time, it's like, was it mid-August to like October? But it's all fucking 1938, 1935, I believe 1818. So like out of the top 10, seven of them or eight of them were from the early 1900, uh, I'm sorry, early 1800s to mid-1900s. And then you had 2005 and you had something else. That's all I said. I never sat here and said that me saying that was disputing anything was going on with the climate. Okay? Look, when you have that many people and it continues to grow, there's th- things are going to happen. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying as far as hurricanes, as far as storms, as far as Mother Nature kicking our ass Look at the years, look at the stats, and see what happened. That's all I'm saying. And that shit turned into an argument. So whatever. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, and you don't know what the fuck you're talking about either. But at least, when you don't know what you're talking about like I don't, at least look and have some sort of an argument. That's all I'm saying. We don't know shit. But have some sort of a fucking argument, you know? And the funniest part about it is they talked about all these 100,000 flights and what it's doing to the air. You know, it's, it's kind of funny how nobody wants to stop anything. Everybody could talk about it. Nobody's stopping anything, you know? Nobody's saying, hey, you know what? For the next five years, we're going to cut flights in half just to kind of do our part. Nobody's saying that shit because there's no money in that. People get fucked when that happens. That's what happens. Nobody's doing that. Oh, well, you can't. You can't. Life goes on. Life goes on. Okay. So then, you know, we're going to talk about it, but nobody's going to do shit. And here's another thing. I got a little bone to pick here with Mr. Elon Musk and 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 Mr. You know uh, Stephen Hawking. 
you know, and all these people. I love how all of these um, great minds right now, okay, because this is the big thing right now going on. This is the big thing going on in our country right now. Um, all the all the scientists that are, you know, whatever, that are, are, are kind of famous and all of the quote-unquote great minds right now, they're all saying the same thing. And what they're saying is a uh, hundred years. Stephen Hawking, who is a very brilliant man, has said that we have a hundred years to leave this planet. Now, guys, a hundred years may seem like a lot in the grand scheme of things. A hundred years is nothing. Okay. And I'm going to tell you something. I don't fucking buy it. And here's how I don't buy it. I don't buy it when NASA is saying that the only thing that's going to fucking stop Earth is when a fucking meteor or some big planet or something collides into us and knocks us out the way that it did to the dinosaurs. And some people are saying 100,000 years, a million years, all kinds of years that are just so fucking far away that it's crazy. Okay, but no, no. Egotistical Elon Musk and Stephen Hawking like to say a hundred years. It's kind of convenient how they just say a hundred years, which is the perfect amount of time for them to be wrong, but nobody call them out on their shit because everybody will be dead. Isn't that funny how a hundred years? Think about that for a second. Think about what I'm saying. These guys who are who are everybody's listening to, they're all in the news right now. And this shit's been happening for a long time, by the way. Nostradamus did this, all these people did. Go back. Go back and look. I'm not making this shit up. Go back and look at everybody who said that you're, oh, this is going to come to an end. Somebody said, I remember um, I was at a comedy club in Syracuse years ago. It said, end of the world is Saturday night. And I was like, fuck. And I went and, you know, I was like, you know, it was like, but like people, oh, end of the world is this. Nostradamus said this. The Greeks said whatever, 2000. All this shit, all this shit's happened. And now Elon Musk who fucking has Tesla or whatever, and he's doing these things, and people like it, and, and these guys are saying, a hundred years. Do you know how quick a hundred years is? It doesn't seem like it is. It's insanely quick. It's so funny that they use that number. Why? Because everybody's going to be dead, you fucking lying, egotistical cocksuckers. We all need to be out of the planet in a hundred years. Really? Do we? Or do we need to stop being selfish and start fucking actually acting on the shit that we see that's happening? Because nobody wants to. They just want to fucking talk about it. Everybody would rather grab a trophy or an Emmy or an Oscar and talk about it instead of actually doing something about it. Go fuck yourself a hundred years. Such a convenient number. Such It's so convenient. And maybe I'm wrong we're all fucking dead a hundred years. I don't know. But it just seems kind of funny to me. That it's, it's that number. It's just enough where everybody's dead so when they're wrong, nobody could say anything. That's how I look at it. Not to mention, there were great minds, guys, in the 1700s. There were great minds in the 1800s. There were great minds in the 1900s. It's like nobody's talking about it. People predicted this shit forever. It's all fucking fear and bullshit. But I will say this. Overpopulation is a problem. Overpopulation is definitely a problem. You, it, it's Something needs to happen. You know, I think like, you know, 2 billion people need to get eliminated some way, somehow, you know, and I, uh, you know, I say minorities, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, you fucking, that's, yeah, you know, it's just, it's just fun to joke like that because someone's going to be, how could you, who, I'm joking, oversensitive cunts, all right, what else do we have, hey, dude, I am having so much fun here in Toronto, this is awesome. Um, something happened today. I want to talk about this. 
Something is in the air, everybody. You know the way they say it? I could feel it coming in the air. Yes, I can. Something happened, okay? Um, I got in my car service today. A amazing gentleman, whose name I don't know, Pakistani gentleman, picked me up in a beautiful Lincoln, black Lincoln car, picked me up in my driveway today and brought me to LaGuardia Airport. And we're driving and we're talking and, you know, it's kind of early, not too early, but I got my headphones on. I kind of want to be left the fuck alone. I'm looking out the window. I don't want to get car sick. And he's talking and he says, oh, you know, me and my wife, we live upstate. I said, oh, great. And he goes, yeah, we live in Wappingers Falls. And I was like, wow, his company is in Yonkers. He picked me up in uh, northern Westchester and now he's telling me he's from Wappingers. So I'm like, oh, well, you know, my wife is from Wappingers. My mother lives in Wappingers right now. So we just start talking. Ah, my wife tried opening a business there. Anyway, long story short, we're talking. He's telling me this. He's telling me that. He's, he's telling me where he lived. He lived in Dubai for a while. He lived here. He lived there. He's telling me about gold in Dubai, how it's all 24 carats. And if you know people that love jewelry, you got to go there. And I was interested with some things and some things I could give a shit about. But I was just enjoying myself with this man. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden he's like, we start, I, I don't know how the fuck this happened, but he said, I said, oh, I said, how's the food? How's the food in Pakistan? Because I start, I like food. I travel a lot. So I like to find out. So I go, how's the food in Pakistan? And he starts going, oh, it's great. He goes, we got these things called borgadas or borgadas or whatever the fuck he said. And they're these little flat pancakes. And you put oil. That's what he said. He goes, you put oil on both sides and you flip them until they get golden brown and they're really thin. And they're so delicious. And then you put eggs on the side and you could do this and you could put something spicy. And he just starts telling me all this stuff. And I said, oh man, that's amazing. For the first time in my life, everybody, first time ever, I'm in a cab. He goes, when's your flight? And I said, my flight takes off at noon. And at this point, it's about 5 to 10. We're due into the airport at about 10.35. He goes, well, if you want, he was super nice. And he goes, well, if you want, I could take you to this place. They got these you know, this Pakistani place, they got these pancakes that'll make you go nuts and I could get you this spicy thing and it comes with an omelet and, and, and you're going to be five minutes from your terminal when we get there. And now I'm sitting in the back seat with this dilemma like, my Pakistani driver just invited me to sit and have breakfast with him. What are you going to do? Do you want to get to the, you know, all I wanted to do was get to the airport, eat my own breakfast. And I'm like, you know what? This guy's being super nice. When am I going to be able to go to some hole-in-the-wall Pakistani fucking diner or whatever is we're going to do? Let's do it. So I go, okay. So he's all excited, and he's telling me about it, and he's telling me about it, and he's so happy he's hanging out with me. Um, I'm not going to lie. Me being a comedian, because he knew that I was a comedian, or he asked me what I did or whatever, and uh, that definitely made... That's the one thing about this business. When people know that you're in entertainment or that you do something, they, they kind of get into it. They're, they're like, you know, oh, that's great, that's great. 
but I'm going to go, I'm, I'm like, I'm going. And he literally gets off the exit. And I'm going to go, wow, you're really doing this, Paul. And I'm like, what are we going to talk about? That's what I was thinking. I just realized, I go, I'm going to be sitting at a diner with this stranger. And that's kind of, <laughs> that's kind of a weird fucking thing. Like, if you think about it, you, I'm, I'm going to be sitting down at a diner in a booth with this complete stranger that I don't know. He's from Pakistan. His wife is trying to open a business in Wappingers, but he said that there was not enough business there. So they're trying to move back down to Scarsdale in Westchester. And we're just going to be sitting across from each other eating these thin Pakistani pancakes and have an omelet. What am I going to do? But I'm going to do it. And he pulls up and he goes, oh, here it is. And all of a sudden it's closed. And now I got disappointed. I was ready to do this. I committed and now there's padlocks on it. It doesn't open. So he's disappointed. And he was so nice that he goes, hey, uh, yeah, there's uh, some rest, some, some Pakistani or, or some Middle Eastern uh, supermarket you could go to. This is what it's called. You could buy them. This is how you cook them. And he's telling me, he's like, you're going to love them. You know, you may gain weight if you do it, but you got to put oil on both sides. And he's like, maybe next time I pick you up. And he was super, super nice. And uh, he drops me off to LaGuardia. I get to my uh, terminal. I go through security in no time. It was dead going to Canada. And I got my breakfast. Everything was great. As I get my breakfast, I'm walking in. And somebody goes, hey, hey, hey. You dropped something. And it wasn't a restaurant that I was going to go into. But they saw that I dropped new jokes that were in my back pocket. That I put on a piece of loose leaf paper. And it was actually crucial that I don't lose this piece of paper. And it was laying on the floor in the airport. And the woman goes, oh, you dropped it. And I look, and she worked at a restaurant that serves breakfast. I go, how's the breakfast? She goes, great. And I go in there, and I have a great breakfast. Eggs Florentine, poached eggs. It was amazing. Spinach, it was great. She was super overly nice. It was incredible. Okay? Then, all right, then I get... (laughs) I mean, this is nuts. The, the things that happened today were nuts. Guys, I'm not even kidding. I've never had this happen to me before. This was a day that I will never forget. Friday, September 22nd, 2017, something was in the air. I'm not even halfway done. Then, I'm on an airplane. Okay? I'm on an airplane. And I'm in the... Middle seat, which I don't want. Kind of feeling like, ah, fuck, I should have upgraded. I tried to upgrade, and every it was messed up. Okay, it was messed up because when I typed in my destination, every time I hit a letter for my destination, it hit the letter that was to the right of it. <laughs> so basically, if you're looking at a keyboard right now, you know the way Q is the first letter to the left? If I wanted it to be W... I had to hit Q. That's what that's what was going on. But I'm taking this with a grain of salt because everybody's being nice, so whatever. If machinery's going to go down, technology's going to go down, people are being overly nice. I'm sitting in the aisle. I wanted to upgrade, and the, the, the thing didn't even let me. And I'm sitting there, and a woman just comes up, and she goes, Hey, um, I'm with her, my daughter. Is it okay if we sit next to each other, but you could have the aisle? And I'm like, yeah, that's fucking great. That's a great dish. She goes, yeah, everybody wants the aisle. And then that worked out, and they were nice. Then I'm sitting there, and this older man taps me on the shoulder and goes, oh, that's so great that you have a charger for your phone, and they allow it. How are you doing that? And I go, oh, well, you know, I just, he goes, are you getting internet? 
I'm like, no, no. He's just asking me those questions, but he was just so overly nice. Now I'm going, what's going on today? What What's going on? Everybody's nice. My driver's asking me to breakfast. This woman saw that I dropped something, made sure that I got it, was treated me like a king at breakfast. Now this plain seat, the guy sitting next to me is an absolute sweetheart. What's going on? Then I'm like, oh, maybe it's a coincidence. Then this happened. Listen to this shit, guys. Okay? By the way, this is TVE 324. I know you're locked in. You know it's a good one. I know it's a good one. Listen to this shit. I get off the airplane in Toronto, Canada around 1.30, I get in a cab. I say, this is where I need to go. I need to go to Leisure Main Hotel in Toronto. The guy says to me, I shit you not. Okay, no problem. But just so you know, it's going to be $56 and take about $50 minutes. I say, did you say 50, 50 or 15? He said, no, 50, 50 and $56. I'm already in the cab, everybody. I'm sitting there. I closed the door. I put my bags in. And he goes, but if you just go upstairs right there for $10, you could get on a train and be there in 25 minutes. And I couldn't believe it. And I just go, all right, then I, I mean, I guess that makes more sense. Like I had no choice. Now the, the convenience lover in me and the not worrying about spending money lover in me was going to go, yeah, fuck yeah. I'm just going to sit in here. Let's go. No. He made, he said it to me as if, why wouldn't you do this? You, are you, are you nuts? Are you out of your mind? Get out of here. And he was right. And I got out of there and I did it. That was just an, another act. Then again, today, all same day, I asked for directions to go somewhere. This lady, I just, yeah, can you just tell me when I come out of here? She was like, yeah, yeah. But she took out a map and a pen and went out of her way to start drawing like I'm a fucking two-year-old, which is probably good because my, I have absolutely no sense of direction. When it comes to sense of direction, I'm a, I'm a shit at I have nothing. But she just starts drawing me this. Then, the last thing that happened that made me go, holy shit, this is nuts. No, no, no. Two more things happened. I'm walking, and I just, as I'm walking, now this might have been a solicitor. I don't know. But still, imagine this happening after everything else nice happened today. The, uh, some Asian woman is standing in the sidewalk and she's got some, some sort of badge or some sort of credentials wrapped around her neck. I don't know what it was. And she's just pointing and waving. Now I'm 20 yards away from her and she's just pointing and waving with this huge smile. And I'm just looking around. I'm like, I don't know who the fuck. And then finally I get like five feet and she's pointing. I go, are you talking to me? She goes, yeah. She goes, I didn't know what to do. I wanted to just... You know, uh, but I want to meet you. Come here, talk to me. Come here, I want to talk to you. Now, she might have been soliciting something. She didn't have a clipboard, but she definitely had things around her neck. And she had a pen in her ear. And I was just like, I'm sorry, I got to walk. I got to get out of here. I got to go. And she was like, okay, no problem, but thank you. And super nice. It was just so nice. And then, to top it all off, everybody, 
I was like, uh, after I did my show tonight, I performed in front of 3,000 people tonight, and I had an absolute blast. And I told a story about getting a, a, a finger in my ass. I actually told a story in front of 3,000 people about getting a finger in my my virgin ass because my ass has been virgin for, um, you know, 30-some-odd years. I've had a virgin asshole. Nothing has ever penetrated my ass until my doctor's fingers, you know. And I had told a story in front of 3,000 people. And I'm not going to lie, it went over well. And I had a good time. And afterwards, Bill gets on stage. And I'm like, you know what? I want a little cocktail. You know, I just worked. Um, I had a stressful week. I got some things on my mind that I, uh, you know, I'm hoping everything works out and everything. And, and I'm just, it was just a long week. And I said, let me get a vodka. Let me get a, let me get a vodka. Where can I get it? And the security guy liked my set. He goes, oh, I'll take you. I'll walk you. Then he walks me and he goes, hey, when you come back, just make sure you come through these doors and I think it's done. And then I come back from getting my drink and guess who's sitting there? He just waited to make sure I did it. I am telling you everybody today, September 22nd, Friday has been a special day. I don't know if something is just happening in space. I don't know what's going on, but tomorrow's going to be fucked up. <laughs> there you go. So that's uh, that's that. Here is my unacceptable, and then I will get to your guys' unacceptable. I am livid about this one. Okay, livid. Now, my unacceptable could have been that the airport letters were the letter to the left of it. So if I had to do Toronto, when I saw the T, I couldn't hit the T because it went to the letter next to it. So I had to hit the letter to the left of it. It was brutal. That's unacceptable in itself. But here is my real unacceptable. My beautiful son, Lucas, and I went out. He went helping me. We are having a big party for my sister's engagement, uh, engagement party on Sunday. Two days. And we had to, I just had to go. I had to get some vodka mixers. I had to get some things from the store. And I said, hey, Lucas, you want to come with me? And uh, my wife was like, Lucas, go with Daddy. And, you know, wanted to uh, have a good time. And, 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 you know, and he's like, no. And he had that look like, no, nah, fuck that. I'm watching Yankee clips. I ain't going anywhere. Like, you know when a little kid's like, yeah, like, listen, I love you, but this shit ain't happening. Like, fuck you, it's over. It's not going to happen. I'm like, all right. So... Then I go, hey, they might have Yankee stuff there. Like, what if they had, like, a little helmet, a little plastic helmet or cards or something? You think? And he goes, all right, fuck it, I'm in. <laughs> my son was just, all you got to say to my son is there's a possibility. If there is a possibility for something that, that he gets, he's in. All right? So, um, we go and we get the, uh, I went shopping at the store. I, uh, and I was like, hey, you want to get something to eat? So they had a Jersey Mike's, and I like this hot sauce that Jersey Mike's had. I said, oh, you know what? We'll get Mommy, and we'll get Sophia some turkey sandwiches, and we'll get this, and we'll get that. And he goes, yeah. So we do that. After we are done shopping at the supermarket, we go to Jersey Mike's, and we're walking out, and I walk out, and my son, the sweetheart that he is, is holding the door for this guy and my son is holding it as the guy's like five yards away and the guy looks at my son and walks through the door and doesn't say anything and I say good job Lucas that's nice of you to hold the door and the guy says nothing and loudly I go 
you know, you should say, you know, people should say they're welcome or, you know, you're welcome. You did. And the guy says nothing. And then he keeps going and it's festering. And now the guy's almost out of sight. And then he just turns the corner, but he's still not far. And I just go, you're welcome. And I don't know if he heard it or not. And my son just looked at me weird. And now like this is out of my son's. He doesn't get what's going on. And I go to my car fucking festering. Because my son is such a sweetheart. Okay. My daughter would have said you're welcome. That's how gangster. My daughter doesn't give a fuck. My daughter would be like yeah you're welcome. And she would have been right. Um, my son just kind of. Just again he looked at me dad. I don't know why he didn't say. And I am dying. I can't handle it. I'm not even joking. I can't handle it. Now I'm like, should I just go run after him? And I'm like, dude, you're with your son. You got to chill out. Like, what's wrong with you, Paul? But here's one thing that I cannot handle. I could handle somebody being a dick to me. I could handle somebody, you know, maybe not doing the right thing. I could handle those things. But I really could not handle this man walking as my son waited a long time to hold the door for him. And then he looked at my son and I said, good job, Lucas. And he walked, ah, oh, it's killing me right now. And I yelled what I yelled. So now I'm in the car with my son and I think the guy might still be in the parking lot. We're driving away. And as we get, as we start driving out of the parking lot, I go, Lucas, would it be, maybe I should just go back. Would it be like Weird if I just went back and tried to find him and talk to him and tell him. And my son, my son was the bigger man and more mature. And he goes, yeah, dad, it would be weird. He goes, it would be really weird. And I just laughed, <laughs> just laughed because he's right. I wanted to find this guy and go, you know something, sir? It's one thing if you're going to be a cocksucker. It's one thing if you're going to be a piece of shit when an adult like me holds the door for you, when a grown man or woman holds the door for you, and you're just going to be a miserable piece of shit. That's one thing. But you know what? It's another thing when a beautiful little kid does it and wants to do it for good, and you just look at him. You probably have no kids, and you're not even fucking good at at living, you piece of shit. I hope you get into a car accident on the way home, and you don't die. It just fucks up your face. So after everybody looks at you the same way you looked at my son, they don't say anything either. That's what I wanted to fucking say. Oh, I'm hot, everybody. I'm sorry. Ooh, but it feels good. It feels good. Hey, you know what? I'm not even going to apologize for that. That's what I hope happens. I hope that that piece of shit that looked at my son as my son was doing a good deed and he purposely didn't say anything, I hope something happens to his fucking face and people see his face, but it's so fucked up they can't address it. Fuck him. All right, here we go. Let's go to your guys on acceptables. Here we go. Uh... This is from Christopher, and this is one of the most hilarious unacceptables ever. And it's the quickest unacceptable of all time. The name in the subject is short and sweet, and here's it's four words. This is an unacceptable from Christopher, short and sweet, four words. My goddamn boss. <laughs> that is great. Um, pathetic side hustle. Hey, Paul. It's been a minute. My unacceptable is friends, family, or coworkers trying to use you as a uh, revenue stream by trying to get you to buy into their latest bullshit get-rich-quick pyramid scheme like it works or <laughs> Herbalife or some similar nonsense. It's always somebody uh, you haven't heard from. It really is in a while. And all of a sudden, they want to come at you like you're the best of friends. 
Fuck off, you fucking losers. Get a real fucking job. Shit's uh, aggravating, and it makes you look broke, pathetic, and desperate. No one fucking thinks you're a brilliant businessman. Uh, Maybe take all that time, money, and effort, and instead invest it back into yourself. Just saying. Thanks for all the laughs, and congrats on all your success, Paul. I'm really looking forward to your special. Much love, Chris. Well, thank you so much, Chris. I really appreciate that. It means a lot. Traffic unacceptable from a uh, New York State trooper. Thank you so much for the shout-out on your show. The guys loved it, especially the part about the goofing hat and uh, flexing in the diner as we get loaf cake. Hilarious. In regards to a PBA card, the biggest thing you can do is be respectful, uh, honest, and apologetic uh, when you hand over your license or registration. Okay. Uh, Take the card out of your wallet. All right, hold on. Uh, Okay, so take the card out of your wallet and put it into the... uh, the bundle when you hand it over to the officer. You absolutely nailed the way we are perceived by other cops hanging out in U-turns as well as what it feels like to be followed. We were rolling on the floor laughing. Like I said previously, I would be more than happy. Uh, You're the best, dude. You're the best. You're the best, and I will send you something. I'm not mentioning it. See, I'm smart. You know I'm smart, dude. I'm not going to... You get it. We'll talk. Okay, uh, next one here says the Ryans. What's up, Verzi? Not sure if everybody is just assigning their name as Ryan to mess with you since you said that on the podcast or if they are actually all named Ryan. Very funny. Unacceptable. You want to know something, Ryan? It is not a coincidence. I thought it was, but I actually looked. There's actually all those Ryan's emails. So there is about four or five Ryans that write into the Verzi effect regularly. So think about that. Like, so there, you know, there's always a first timer or there's regulars. I have five, four or five regular write-in unacceptable like submitters that are named Ryan. Uh, <laughs> so every time I say Ryan, you never know who the hell it's going to be. Uh, here we go. This one, Dog at the Lake Unacceptable from Carmen Porter. What up, Paul? First time submitter here. Yes. Yes, Carmen. And you're not Ryan. My girlfriend and I adopted a dog last December. She's a Husky Shepherd mix. Nice. Nine years old and is a total sweetheart to everyone. Our only issue is that she hates other dogs. Whenever we meet one walking, she will get super upset, start whining, groaning, and would attack if we don't hold her back. Uh, We do what we can with the training to try to change this behavior, but she's an older dog and she's kind of set in her ways, so we just have to put up with it. Uh, There is a popular lake near where we live where people go hiking and swimming and most people bring their dogs. There is a sign in the parking lot uh, at the start of the trail to the lake that says, Keep your dogs on a leash at all times. We have no issue with this as we never let our dog off leash for the reason I mentioned. But unfortunately, uh, just about everyone else there, uh, everyone else lets their dog uh, around free. 
dogs around for you. I don't have any issue with this in principle, but the problem is people let their dogs run right up to mine, say hello or some shit, and we have to restrain her until they can't come get their dog all the while muttering stupid apologies. Last weekend, we were at the lake hanging out along the shore and having a beer, and we were just getting ready to leave when we saw a woman walking toward us with her two dogs uh, running around off-leash. My girlfriend pulled our dog in close to try to keep her calm, and uh, I, <laughs> it's just so funny that like we, we these dogs run our lives. It's fucking nuts. Uh, keep her calm. And I got up and walked over to the woman who at this point was about 60 feet away behind some trees uh, where she couldn't see where we were sitting. I went up to her and said, hi, we have our dog with us just over there and she's really not friendly with other dogs. Before I could ask her to leash her animals so they didn't run up to my dog and make a scene, this fat cunt cuts me off and rudely says, so why is... So why is it off-leash? I pushed my anger down and said, She isn't off-leash, but your dogs are. She replies, Everyone lets their dogs off-leash here. I said, Well, the sign in the parking lot says to keep them on the leash at all times. Fat cunt says, Yeah, but it's... Yeah, but is that really what you expect when you come here? I was so pissed off that I just wanted to be done with the conversation and get out of there. So I said, look, I'm just letting you know so nothing bad happens here and turned and walked away. As we left, I saw her leashing her dogs and taking a different trail around the part uh, of the shore we were on. Paul, I don't expect everyone to follow the rules and keep their dogs on a leash, but I do expect you to respect the fact that not all dogs are friendly with other dogs uh, and to not be a fucking cunt about it when I ask you to leash your dogs around mine. Plus, if her dogs get bitten and it's not on a leash and it's and mine is, she's the one at fault. It's irresponsible pet ownership. Put a leash on this bitch and lock her <laughs> in a dog crate until she learns some fucking lake etiquette. Oh, and to the three... Old birds sitting within an earshot of this whole exchange who were clearly judging us as we walked away. You could go fuck yourselves too, ladies. P.S. Unacceptable on my part. Missing you and Burr when you come through Halifax uh, back in 2014. I really hope you guys make it back out here someday. Well, thank you so much. And uh, yeah, Carmen, you're absolutely right, man. I love that. You know, um, you know it's always shitty when you go by rules and other people don't go by those rules and then you're the one looked at as crazy. It's like, well, wait a minute, you fucking asshole. The, the, the sign says leash your dog, but just because this is a park that everybody knows that they don't do that, my dog is not friendly. Do you understand that? I remember one time I walked my friend's Akita. He goes, hey, Paul, you mind walking Angel? Can you walk Angel out? And I walked Angel. I told this story on the podcast so, so long ago that most of the listeners don't know it. And I'm like, yeah, and I walked this big Akita named Angel out. And this little fucking dog walked up to it. And, like, the dog, like, ran up to Angel. And Angel just grabbed this thing by its fucking neck and started throwing it around like a rag doll. And it goes, oh, my baby. And the, the dog ended up letting it go and everything was fine. But it's like, if I tell you my dog is not good with other dogs and you should put the leash on it, put the fucking leash on it. Absolutely. 
That's a great one. Thank you. Uh, here we go. Uh, unacceptable discount. Uh, hey, Verzi, I haven't submitted an unacceptable in a while. This is from Michelle. Uh, but I have one now. I hope this is a quick read. Husband and I went to a grand opening of a new restaurant in town. They advertised they were given 20% off the total bill for your first week, uh, for their first week. I went in, sat at the bar, got a drink, ordered food to go. Very nice bartender. Lady gave us the check. I noticed 20% hadn't been taken off. I called her over to ask her about it. She said, oh yeah, and hey, it's not just 20% off this week. It's 20% off the entire month of September. I just nodded and said, that's great. As we took our last sip of wine, we grabbed our to-go bags and we made our way out. She yells to us, don't forget 20% off the entire month. I walked out shaking my head to my husband. I said, no shit. I'm the one who told you it's 20% off. Uh, now you act like you're telling me something. Why scream it out as we're leaving, advertising to the clientele that we're cheap fucks who want a bargain all month long? That's unaccept That's unacceptable bartender. And you know what? Throw my husband in there as being unacceptable because he told me I'm nuts for bitching about this. Bam, double unacceptable. Enjoy Hawaii. Uh, I hope you love it. And uh, F Game of Thrones, Michelle from Arizona. Um, you know what? So you're, I, see, you were, t see, this is the thing. I think she did that in a passive aggressive way. I don't, I, I think she meant, maybe I'm wrong here, Michelle, but I think, listening to this shit, I think she was like, you know what? She mentioned that. I'm going to fucking, you know, I think, you know, I, that's what I think. I think she was like, I'm going to do it. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to really fuck this person over. That's, that's what I think. Um, I don't know. I could be wrong, but I just feel like it was a passive aggressive way because you did it. Like, cause you were the one to, uh, you know, you were the one to kind of like make it the 20% thing. And then she might've been like, yeah, it is that, but it's all month. And then, oh yeah, fuck you're going to be, you know, and I'm not saying you're cheap at all, but maybe that's what she did. Either way. I don't think she should have yelled it out. You know, I don't think she should have yelled it out either. Um, I understand like that. That's a, you feel like, wait a minute, what the fuck I'm doing? But I think, yeah, it was definitely, I agree. It was definitely a passive aggressive thing. I don't think that. So basically what I'm trying to say is yes, it's unacceptable if she did what you think she did, but I think she planned to do it is what I'm saying. Thank you guys for the unacceptables. If you have unacceptables, please send it to unacceptables for TVE at gmail.com. Let's see where we are on time right now, everybody. Oh, 46 minutes. 46 minutes and we got some time left. Oh, I got an extra podcast with Bill Burr tomorrow on Patreon, everybody. That's right. Me and truly one, I'm going to say this and I, I, I gotta be honest with you. Um, you know what? I told Bill I was going to say this and I didn't want to make him feel uncomfortable, but I'm going to tell you guys this right now. Um, I witnessed something tonight that I've never witnessed before. Uh, I did not get a chance to see Eddie Murphy raw. I did not get a chance to see Richard Pryor live. I've opened for Bill Burr, um, on and off 
in big venues from about 2008. So we're in 2017 right now. I believe in 2008 I opened for Bill at the uh, Washington, D.C. Improv. And it was one of the best rooms I've ever seen. And it's, it's, I mean, I'll still remember it. It's about 300 people. It's uh, wide, not long. It's just wide, low ceilings, 300 people. And it absolutely is just, it pops and it's amazing. And we've done Carnegie Hall together, Madison Square Garden together, the um, Chicago Theater together, theaters in Milwaukee, the Jackie Gleason Theater in... Uh, Florida. We've done the 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 Fox Theater uh, in Detroit. We've done I forgot the name of the theater in Seattle, but all the big ones in Seattle we've done. We did the Vogue Theater in Vancouver. We've done every major theater in the United States of America and Canada together. I've opened for Bill's lat all of his hours that he has out. I can unequivocally tell you everybody this right now. I did not get a chance to watch Bill's whole hour tonight. I did my thing. I got a vodka. I uh, hung out in the green room, went over my set, went over the new jokes along with stuff that I'm adding jokes to. But then I had the opportunity to go out and watch Bill's last half hour. And I could unequivocally tell you all right now, and I'm telling you this right now, it was the greatest, it was it was one of the top three greatest half hours of stand-up comedy I've ever seen. And I told Bill tonight, I said, this is the most enjoyable stand-up I've ever seen you do and I've ever seen anybody do. It was up there with when Eddie Murphy was doing his drunk father telling his mother she can't use the phone. It was up there with all of Richard Pryor's greatest stuff. I literally witnessed some of the greatest stand-up comedy of all time tonight. And the fact that I got to open for it and watch my dear friend and brother Bill Burr do it was fucking incredible. Um, buckle up. It is on a whole other planet. And I, I just, it was just insane. I, I don't even know what else to say, but I'll say this. Watch Bill's next hour because it was, uh, I was sitting there, I was like, what the, I, at one point I got mad because like, you know, I recently turned a corner and I did a special and this and that. And I'm like, and all of a sudden I just was like, I've seen Bill and I know how fucking incredible Bill is. And it's like, how much better can this guy get? And then I just watched him go to a level that was Richard Pryor in his prime. I, honest to God, I watched him go to Richard Pryor in his prime. And you guys are going to see that too. And uh, I almost got the goosebumps saying it. The art form is amazing what we do because it's just the evolution makes me optimistic about what can happen for anybody, including myself. But, you know, seeing a guy that you know has been so fucking good for so long and you've opened for him for so long in every venue. And I'm like, how's it going to get better? And you're like, okay, that's how. So uh, check that out, man. Check out my boys next hour. It was it was amazing here in Toronto. We got two more tomorrow, uh, seven o'clock and nine forty-five, I believe, or nine thirty, at the Sony Center, which is thirty-one hundred people. Uh, let's do a little sports, everybody. My New York Giants. I owe you guys an apology. 
I wasted your fucking time saying 11 and 5 or 12 and 4. And you know something? I didn't realize how we didn't have a fucking offensive line. I took my son to Monday night football. Okay? I took my beautiful baby boy, 8 years old. I said to my wife, hey, we lost the first game. We were 11 and 5 last year. Odell probably is going to play. We're playing the Lions. I don't believe that the Lions are going to do anything that good. Let's go. Let, let, let me take him. Can he go a half day or whatever? And I went with Pete Davidson. Shout out to Pete Davidson from Saturday Night Live. He was like, I want to take you. I was like, yeah, man, you, you know, my son. He's like, do you better take your son. So like, you better take your son. So Lucas and I drive to Manhattan. Then we get in this sick car service. And we go out there. And uh, we watched Eli Manning run for his life. We had these great seats, 19 rows off the field. We were watching Eli run for his life, getting sacked. We watched all of this awful shit happen. Detroit fans getting cocky. One thing was funny was Detroit fans are getting cocky, talking shit. And and all of a sudden, my my, my son had a, a Shepard jersey on. And when Shepard caught a ball... He just stood up and looked at the Detroit guys and like started like pulling his jersey. I'm like, whoa, 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 dude, you can't fuck. I can't get this shit kicked out of me because you are mimicking assholes. I, I it just can't happen. Um, but yeah, so it was a late night. We get home one o'clock in the morning from Monday Night Football or like twelve forty-five, whatever it was. My son was shot, and we lost, and we have no offensive line. So, uh. You know, I hate to go back on something this early after I said it, but I truly didn't think, I thought with our defense and our weapons, I was like, oh, the offensive line should be a little decent, maybe a little better. It actually digressed, which I can't believe. So I'm not going to say we're fully out of it yet. I'm not saying we can't make some late run, okay, because we do have talent. and We do have a great quarterback in a big moment. We do have receivers. We do have a defense which wins championships. But our offensive line is so abysmal, I don't know if I can continue with my prediction. And, uh, I mean, I don't want to sit here and go, hey, well, I said that. No, I didn't know it was that bad. So I even have to see. And if that asshole Brendan Marshall would have caught that ball, me and my son would have won our fantasy, our, our father-son fantasy football league. And instead, we won by we lost by 1.8 points. We lost by 1.8 fucking points to be 0-2 because Brandon Marshall didn't catch two passes when he's one of the main guys on the field. And he dropped a 40-yard or a 30-yard bomb that landed in his fucking hands. So the Giants are in trouble. Yankees need one win to clinch a playoff. Doesn't look like they're going to catch Boston for the division. Looks like they're going to get into the dance, though. They're definitely going to get into the playoffs. Uh, there's about seven or eight games left, maybe nine games left. Boston would need to lose three or four, and the Yankees would need to win the ones that Boston lost. So it's looking like Boston is probably going to eke out the division, and the Yankees are going to get into the wild card. What could you say? Uh, no movies, everybody. I have not seen any movies. Let's just get into the plugs because I am in Canada and it's getting, I need to take a nap. I got a lot of shit to do. All right. Um, but I'll say this. 
Um, all of the support of you guys has been amazing lately. And it always is. And uh, everybody who's reaching out to me, I can tell you guys this. This is one thing I want to tell you guys. We're looking at the special. We are editing the special. And you guys are going to see my comedy special on a very big platform. Uh, I don't exactly, I can't exactly say where that platform is going to be right now because there's options. But I will tell you this. Uh, you guys are going to be seeing my, my special and all of the amazing warm um, emails and direct messages and, and letters and everything that people are hitting me up with from, from the podcast and everybody. Uh, I, I thank you so much. And uh, I'll tell you what, I think when you see this, I think uh, you're going to be satisfied with it. And I think that you're going to, uh, you know, think that it's better than Night at the Stand. And uh, I guess, is it okay to say that I, is it okay to say that I delivered? Because I did. I did. And you're going to be seeing it. But thank you, because you guys are the reason why uh, I keep, you know, feeling good about everything that I'm doing. Because sometimes this business is fucking nuts, you know, and it's lonely. I'm sitting here in this beautiful suite in Toronto, away from my wife, who I want to be with uh, very badly. And my kids and uh, you guys are the ones that make me go. And I know you're probably like, ah, oh, what is he? What is he? A sappy asshole? Is he traveling too much and he's getting sappy? No, no, I'm not. I'm being honest. You know, um, the love. Like even tonight when I got announced in front of 3,100 people in Toronto, and they they started saying my credits and they knew who it was before I came out and they started cheering before I got out there. So it's a feeling that's amazing. You know. And it's just love, and it's dope, and I appreciate it. So um, check me out September 29th with Giannis Pappas and Matt Broussard, and I don't know who the other one person is, but we will be at the Borgata September 29th. I'll be with Bill Burr, I think the 5th or 6th of October in Florida, so you could check that out. Um, and Poughkeepsie, everybody. I haven't been to Poughkeepsie since I did Bananas years ago when I headlined. I will be at Laugh It Up Comedy Club in the back of Mahoney's Irish Pub on the water in Poughkeepsie. I think it's about a 130-seater. I was the first person to sell it out. They were adding chairs and tables. I want to do that shit again October 28th. Please come out to that. It should be an awesome time. It's a great little club. They actually rearranged the stage, which is much better than what it used to be. So please check that out. My mother lives four miles away, so that's going to be a fun night. I'll be able to have my siblings come out. Check that out, everybody. And uh, there you go. This has been episode 324. Until 325, I'm out of here. Please check out ChassisForMen.com for the freshest, most pristine balls you will ever have that smell good. They're soft. There's no chafing. There's no odor. It's just a great ball game. Also, City Living Dog. Dot com. Check it out. And allthingscomedy.com. Uh, until episode 325, 75 away from 400, everybody. And I know that seems long, but it's going to go quick. Uh, take care. I am out of here. You guys are the best. Later.